Well, damn, Raider Nation, I was wrong about that one. What's going on today is January 5th, 2022. This is the Angry Raider Podcast. And now, if you listen to the last episode that I made, I predicted that the Raiders would lose this game against the Colts, and they proved me wrong. They showed a lot of heart and a lot of a lot of grit. That's kind of a popular term that people are are using to describe this this game, this win for the Raiders. And sometimes saying grit is a little cliche, but it definitely fits. If you watch this game, you know exactly what I mean. The Raiders showed a ton of heart and a ton of grit to win this game. And it was a huge win for them. It was a win that they had to have if they want if they want to make the playoffs. And of course they want to make the playoffs. We want to make the playoffs. We want to win the Super Bowl. Um, is winning the Super Bowl realistic right now? Who cares? Get in the playoffs. Give yourself a chance to win the Super Bowl. And and it's been it was one hell of a game to watch, and I'm still really shocked that the Raiders won that game because I honestly believe that the Colts overall have a better roster than the Raiders do, and definitely Frank Reich is a better head coach than Rich Bisaccia is right now. Uh, but and it was on the road in Indianapolis, an early start for a West Coast team. But damn, the Raiders just went out and won the game. They came out of this game. I was really impressed watching in the first quarter, and they and they didn't give up the entire game, but they came out in the first quarter, and I was like, damn, these boys came to play. They were prepared. They were focused. And they went right down the field in the first opening drive and scored a touchdown uh, with the run game, with the running game, absolutely churning up yards, and the passing game complementing the running game. And then they scored a touchdown on a Josh Jacobs, uh, I think it was like a two-yard run. And then the defense absolutely shut down the Colts' offense, which is really tough to do. The Colts actually have one of the better offenses. And for all the talk that, um, for all the smack talk that people put about Carson Wentz talking about how he's overrated, blah blah blah, he is a damn good quarterback. And the Raiders really, just really out outplayed the Colts and came away with a with an incredible win. It was. They weren't supposed to win this game. They were, Vegas had them at a minus eight. They were supposed to lose this game by eight points. You know, I mean, that's not a small spread for Vegas. A small spread for Vegas is like three or four points. Uh, maybe, you know, even two or three. This was, Vegas was saying, look, we know something. What we know is that the Colts are going to win. Uh, and, I mean, damn, the Raiders still went out and won this despite all the things that went wrong. Uh, in this game, and plenty of things went wrong for the Raiders in this game, and they're all, every single one of them was self-inflicted. It is so annoying. So this is what I'm talking about. The Raiders really got in their own way, and it prevented them from winning this game by a much larger margin. It was, it was the same way against the Broncos. The Raiders should have won that game by two or three scores, but they didn't. They barely won. Uh, 17 to 13 against the Broncos because they kept making really stupid mistakes like the Josh Jacobs fumble, the uh, Derek Carr fumble, things like that. And so here in the Colts game, I mean, the Raiders really had them set up absolutely beautifully. So they've been dominating the entire first quarter, uh, even keeping John Jonathan Taylor pretty much in check. He had quite a few yards there, but I, I think, um, at that point, like 40 of his yards came in one drive, and that drive only resulted in three points and just a field goal. So while Jonathan Taylor was still uh, producing pretty well, it wasn't having a huge impact on the game. And for the most part, the Raiders were really doing a 
very good job and keeping and keeping the Colts run game in check, which is difficult to do. Jonathan Taylor, uh, PFF put out something this morning that uh, the two leading rushers for this season are Jonathan Taylor, who has 1,700 yards, something like that. And then the next leading rusher was Jonathan Taylor after contact. So when a defender makes contact with him, after that, he's got like 1,200 yards, which is more than Joe Mixon, uh, the Bengals running back, who his yards come, his total yards uh, of rushing the ball aren't, don't even meet, don't even match what Jonathan Taylor has done after contact. That is absolutely ridiculous. I've never heard of something like that. I've never, I mean, I've never looked for something like that, but damn, that is absolutely ridiculous. So, in that context, Jonathan Taylor is not just a top, the top leading rusher, but he's also the the second leading rusher in the NFL. It's absolutely ridiculous. And for the most part, the Raiders held him in check, and so it was going really, really well. And the Raiders were up ten to three at this point, and they had the ball. Um, it was a second down inside the red zone. And Marcus Mariota comes. It's kind of a short yard situation. And he picks up the first down. Or he would have picked up the first down. And it was after the two-minute warning. And so we're looking at something really, really good. It was going to be something like first and 10 from like the 13-yard line. Something like that. Or it would have been. But Marcus Mariota fumbled the ball. Fortunately, somehow, the ball went out of bounds. And the Colts weren't able to recover. So the Raiders still maintain possession of the ball. But instead of it being first and 10 from the 13-yard line with like a minute 55 left and the clock still running because he, he, um, he would have been tackled. I mean, yeah, he went out of bounds, but he was um, forced out of bounds by the, defend- by the defender. And so uh, a lot of times when that happens, the refs uh, keep the ball, keep the clock rolling. And uh, even, if, even if the clock would have stopped, you know, so the Raiders would have had at least three more plays to take time off the off the clock and to force the Colts into getting a uh, running more of their timeouts. But he fumbled the ball, and so instead of first and ten, it's third and one. All right, that changes things. Okay, leave Marcus Mariota in there. When Marcus Mariota when Marcus Mariota trips, he picks up a yard. Okay, so we're feeling pretty good about third and one, and that we'll be able to burn more time off the clock. And still score before the end of the second half. But instead of that, Alex Leatherwood gets a false start. And so now it's not third and one, it's third and six. And so now the Raiders never pick up the first down. They have to kick uh, kick a field goal. And so instead of going up potentially 17 to three with maybe 40 more seconds, 40, 50, maybe even a minute, minute 20, more time taken off the clock, leaving the Colts with less than a minute to try and drive down the field with uh, with no timeouts. Instead, the Colts get the ball back with about a minute 40-something left uh, with, uh, with two timeouts. So you see how those mistakes compound each other. If Marcus Mariota doesn't fumble the ball and he picks up the first down, then it's easier to uh, to correct that Alex Leatherwood's mistake of getting a false start. Maybe he doesn't get a false start because it would have been first down and the uh, and the Colts um, the Colts fans wouldn't have been yelling so much as they would have been or as they were. Uh, 
I don't know. Who knows? It's, it's kind of stupid to speculate about that, but it's definitely possible. And then to make matters even worse, when Daniel Carlson goes for the kickoff, he kicks the ball out of bounds. Daniel Carlson is a really damn good kicker. He's been awesome for us this season. He had another game winner this uh, for this game, so I definitely like Daniel Carlson. But this was a big mistake. So he kicks the ball out of bounds, putting the Colts at the 40-yard line. So best case scenario for the Raiders, if they didn't make these mistakes, if Marcus Meredith never found the ball and Alex Leatherwood never had that false start, best case scenario is Raiders go up 17-3 to and they kick the ball off back to the Colts with probably 30 seconds left and the Colts don't have any timeouts. And then they do a normal kick and today in the NFL, most of the kickoffs are touchbacks and so it's a touchback. Colts have the ball at the 25, and they got about 30 seconds to try and do something to get the ball, to get the, to try and get a desperate field goal attempt. And they haven't been able to move the ball at all this entire game. So that would have been probably the best case scenario. And so they could have gone into the second half up 17 to 3. But instead of that, instead of that, they had to kick a field goal. And then the Colts get the ball back in really good field position with plenty of time and two timeouts, and they go and score a touchdown. So 17 to 3 just became 13 to 10. That is an 11 point swing. That is that is huge, huge. None of those mistakes were really big in of themselves, but because they were compounded by one another, it made it just so much worse. And this is what the great teams in the NFL do not do. They don't get in their own way. And if they do, it's one mistake, boom, move on from it, here we go. But no, three really big mistakes, almost on consecutive plays, that arguably was an eight-point swing in this, in this game. We don't know how much, we don't know if the Raiders would have scored a touchdown. Maybe the Raiders would have turned the ball over. Maybe it uh, would have been a pick six and it would have been even more points for the Colts or something like that. Maybe, maybe they would have scored a touchdown. We don't know. But definitely, when you have the ball inside the red zone with under two minutes to go, you're not thinking, all right, let's just get a field goal and give the ball back to the other team with, with a minute 40-something left. That's definitely not the goal. And that's not what the good teams do. The good teams go, they score a touchdown, and they get the ball back with just a few seconds left. So, so that was really, really frustrating that the Raiders keep getting it in their own way. We keep seeing this week in and week out, which tells me that there's talent on this team. There is talent, and the coaching is doing really well. The game plan is really doing well. The execution is doing well. We just keep making these stupid mistakes that get in our way. Against the Broncos, it was Josh Jacobs uh, fumbling the ball. Uh, off of his own leg when he tried to carry the ball like he was Barry Sanders. Uh, and then also Derek Carr uh, fumbling the ball after a sack and not securing the ball. And then also, and so it's just these stupid mistakes that keep us from, that keep us from winning these games by a lot more. And eventually these mistakes, if they don't get fixed, they will cost us these wins. So that was really frustrating. Another really bad thing about about this game was turnovers, both both with uh, giveaways 
and takeaways. So we gave the ball away two times. Derek Carr threw two interceptions. Uh, and this is the most that Derek Carr has thrown. These are the most interceptions that he's thrown in his career, I believe, at least since his rookie year. So that is annoying and concerning. And it's, a, it's its own it's his own problems, uh, what it is. But compound that by the Raiders' defense once again for as good as they played and as disciplined as they were, as well as the game plan was executed, they did not turn the uh, take the ball away at all from the Colts' offense. This is now six games in a row that the Raiders' defense has not forced a turnover. That is almost embarrassing. It is nearly impossible to go six games without without falling into a uh, a turnover in one way or another. You know, I mean, and it's not like they're not there. Interceptions are being dropped. Uh, in this one, the one touchdown that Carson went through was like a 50-yard bomb. That bounced off of the Raiders' hands. It, I think uh, Trayvon, Morig, and Casey Hayward were both back there to pick it off, and it bounced off their hands right into the waiting arms of T.Y. Hilton. I mean, come on, for the love of all that is good, take the ball away every so often. Trayvon Morrig uh, dropped an interception against the Washington football team. That would have sealed the game and won it for the Raiders. I mean, it's, and it's uh, happening again and again. Uh, it happened against the Broncos as well. That You know, there was interceptions for them to take. They just get, didn't get them. And it's really, really frustrating and really, really concerning. Because the Raiders' defense is playing absolutely lights out when it comes to X's and O's and um, the yards that they're allowing the other team to get and the points that they're allowing the other team to, to get. But they're not taking the ball away. And in the, foot, in the NFL today, that is really what you need to do to be an elite defense. Is you have to take the ball away. Because all the rules with the new safety rules and uh, the rules that were like you can't... Uh, you can't uh, hit receivers over the middle anymore, and all the rules to protect quarterbacks. They're all geared to help the, the offense gain more yards and score more points. And so you're not going to hold teams to three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out uh, to punts all these times. They're going to they're gonna score a lot of points if you don't take the ball away. That is how you have to do it in the NFL today. And the Raiders haven't been doing that, and yet somehow the Raiders defense is still playing really, really well, and still only allowing so many uh, so many points. So it's that in itself is really impressive, but it's also concerning that, that one, the Raiders are turning the ball over so much, especially Derek Carr, and that they are not taking the ball away. So those are really the big things that are very concerning about this game. Uh, but there's a lot of good things about this game. And my goodness, I mean, one, this defense. So the Colts... The Colts were able to get a lot of yards on the uh, run, run the football. All right, so I think uh, Jonathan Taylor um, was able to get he was able to get over 100 yards. And the Colts in general, I think, had 122 yards. But again, it was it was kind of weird because it wasn't really it didn't really have an impact on on the score. They were they would gain some yards. Um, you know, on, on a few runs, pick up a few first downs, but then the Raiders would stop the next few runs, and then uh, Carson Wentz would be facing a, three, a third and long, and they'd have to punt. And so while they were picking up yards, it wasn't, it wasn't being effective in translating the points. And so in kind of an odd way, uh, the Raiders' run defense was absolutely outstanding. Um, yeah, they gave up uh, a few big runs to Jonathan Taylor, but 
really, uh, those big runs that they gave up only led to three points. So it was it was really something to watch about what they were able to do. It was it was pretty damn impressive. Um, and then also the pass rush was once again ex- absolutely excellent. Again, there wasn't a whole lot of sacks. Uh, I mentioned this again. Uh, it was the same thing with the Broncos. Again, there's so many parallels uh, that uh, the pass rush was absolutely fierce and really dominant, and yet there's only one sack. That doesn't really tell the whole story about how disruptive the pass rush was, how Carson Wentz had to force the ball early so many times, how it resulted in errant throws, and how many times he had to throw the ball away. I mean, he had to throw the ball away a whole bunch of times. I think like, like four, four or five, maybe even six times he had to throw the ball away uh, to avoid a sack. And so it was, it was doing really, really well. And so the pass rush was definitely disruptive. It was really, really good to see. And if the, if the Raiders keep that up, uh, keep that same pass rush up, <clears throat> they're going to get the sacks eventually. And it's going to be really awesome. It's going to have a huge impact on the game. But until then, I mean, the, uh, the disruptiveness of the pass rush is good enough for the, for the Raiders to have an excellent defense. So that is awesome. Uh, and then the other really good thing about, uh, about this game was, was actually Derek Carr. So it's weird. So I'll talk a little bit about Derek Carr. He's been, if you pay attention at all uh, to Raiders fans, you know that something, I don't know, there's a whole bunch of people that really like Derek Carr and think he's a really good quarterback and a franchise quarterback. And then there's a whole bunch of people that think he absolutely sucks. He's holding the team back. We need to get rid of him. He's overrated, blah, 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 blah. And they have a whole bunch of complaints about Derek Carr. The truth of the matter is he is a franchise quarterback, a damn good one. Uh, not elite by any means, uh, but he could be elite. And he has elite moments in elite games. Uh, and you want to talk about elite moments? Check this out. So after his second interception, from that point on, Derek Carr went 16 of 20 for 155 yards and a touchdown for a pass rating of 115. That's against a vicious, I mean a vicious Colts defense. One of the best defenses. I mean, they've got an excellent front seven and an excellent secondary filled with talent all over the place. And this is with Hunter Renfro as your wide receiver one. Zay Jones, who came into the season as your fourth best receiver. He's now suddenly your your main target outside of Hunter Renfro. And no Darren Waller. And a running game that was, meh, it was effective enough. It was effective enough to keep the Colts' defense honest. It was below average, um, but still good enough. It was like a C minus, uh, C minus run game. And so, with all that going on, Derek Carr after that second interception, sixteen of twenty for one hundred and fifty-five yards and a touchdown. I mean, for crying out loud, that's over three drives. All right, so those three drives and that led to ten points. So you. You think about that over the course of a football game, you you'll have somewhere between like eight, nine, maybe ten drives, perhaps more, depending if you're you get a lot of turnovers or something like that. But so over those three drives, 155 yards and 10 points. I mean, you do the math. If you triple those numbers, you're looking at a damn good out output. Um, so that was absolutely amazing. And that play that um that the touchdown that was taken away from Hunter Renfro. Uh, where it was third and 10. The Raiders were, uh, the game was tied at 17 all uh, inside the two minute, 
inside the two-minute warning. Raiders trying to get into the field goal position. I mean, huge play. So Derek Carr drops back, and he's immediately under pressure because Brandon, Brandon Parker sucks as a right tackle. And he sidesteps the rusher, moves up in the pocket, and on the run makes a beautiful throw downfield to Hunter Renfro, who was pretty well guarded. But he put it only where Hunter Renfro could catch it. And Hunter Renfro was able to catch it for, I think, a 24-yard reception. And it was absolutely huge. And initially, Hunter Renfro got up. uh, He fell down, got up, and scored a touchdown. But they did find out that a finger, a little finger of the Colts defender, touched uh, Henry uh, excuse me, not Henry, uh, Hunter Renfro's shoe as he went down. And so he was down by contact. Uh, but, I mean, literally it was that close to being another touchdown. It was just an absolutely huge play. It was seriously as big of a play as a quarterback will make in, in any given game. It was unbelievably great. I mean, we're not talking like an Eli Manning, you know, escapes the pocket to Tyree, uh, whoever the hell that guy was, uh, David Tyree. You know, back when the uh, Giants beat the undefeated Patriots in the Super Bowl, you know what play I'm talking about. It wasn't like that great, but how often do you how often do you see a play like that for crying out loud? But for like week in week out, that's as good as plays get from Derek Carr. It was absolutely unbelievable. And the truth of the matter is that Derek Carr is a damn good quarterback. Uh, most of the most of the criticisms that people have about Derek Carr, he is absolutely put to bed. Like, oh, he doesn't run for enough first downs. Bullcrap, he doesn't. I mean, he didn't run for any first downs in this game. Uh, but he has been running for a lot of first downs this season and uh, using his legs as, as another weapon. And, oh, he just stands there in the pocket. No, he doesn't. He hasn't been doing that since, like, 2018. He hasn't been standing in the pocket just waiting around to get sacked. He moves very well in the pocket, evades pressure, extends plays. I mean, he doesn't do it to the point where of, like, Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, but Ben Roethlisberger does it almost to the point where it's detrimental to the team. Uh, and so Derek Carr, he extends plays with his legs all the time. And then, like, another criticism is, you know, if you hit Derek Carr, you know, you're gonna he's going to be a little baby and – He's not going to be very effective. I mean, he, the pass protection for the Raiders wasn't great. It hasn't been great all season. And yet Derek Carr is doing really, really well. And, I mean, another one is, oh, so he has to have a good running game. He has to have, uh, he has to have everything perfect. He needs a good running game, a good, good pass protection. He needs good weapons, and he needs a good defense. Well, no, he doesn't. Oh, and he also needs a good head coach. Oh, you give him all those things, and yeah, and then he'll be successful. One, you give all those things to any quarterback, and yeah, they're going to be successful. Uh, two, he doesn't have those things. He doesn't have very good uh, receiving options uh, this year. He doesn't have a good head coach this year. He doesn't have a good pass protection. He doesn't have a good running game this year. He does have a good defense this year. Um um, with a, with a few notable exceptions against like the Chiefs and things like that, he does have a good defense, um, even if they can't create turnovers for him. But Derek Carr finds ways to to make it happen. I mean, obviously Derek Carr is not elite, but he is really good. You can win a Super Bowl with him. And for all the people that hate on Derek Carr, I, I'm sorry, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. And yes, I'm watching the games. And no, you're not smarter than me about this. No, I'm not missing anything. You're just flat out wrong about Derek Carr. Um, you know, so take that for for what you will. He was absolutely lights out uh, for this game. Um, 
And so between him and the and the defense, the Raiders were able to, to win this game in a miraculous fashion. It was really awesome. I'm so excited to watch it. Um, and really excited for this Chargers game coming up. I'm not going to make any predictions right now about the Chargers game. Technically, I already did make a prediction last week. Uh, but obviously, that's got to change here a little bit. But so I'll be... I'm going to be making another episode with my friend Julian. I've made an episode with him earlier this season, uh, previewing the first Raiders and Chargers game. So we're going to make another episode. Uh, should be coming out later this week, uh, previewing the Raiders and Chargers game. It's going to be a big one. The winner will go to the playoffs. Loser has a chance to go to the playoffs, but they'll need help. And there's also a possibility that uh, if they tie, that they'll both go to the playoffs. So it's really, really crazy. But basically... The gist of it is the winner goes to the playoffs, the loser goes goes home. So it's going to be a really fun game. Really looking forward to it. It's going to be absolutely fun. I'm not going to be able to watch it because it's going to be on it's on Sunday Night Football, which translation for me here in Europe, that's Monday morning football. Uh, Monday morning, I think kickoff is like 3 a.m. Sorry. Uh, I got work Monday morning. I'm not going to be able to watch that game as much as I enjoy watching the Raiders play. I, I got to be an adult and go to work and show up show up to work uh, fresh and ready to go. Uh, I definitely owe that to, to my guys to, to show up and be the leader that they need me to be. Anyway, uh, look, so thank you again for listening. If I, I do this only for a hobby, to talk football. And so if you guys want to talk football with me, you can email me at angryraiderpodcast Raider, Angry at yahoo.com or you can hit me up at Twitter at angryraider2. And we'll talk football. You can tell me where I'm right. Tell me where I'm wrong. Uh, tell me where I'm indifferent. I don't care. I love talking football. It's a lot of fun. And so if you want to talk football with me, hit me up and we'll, and we'll talk football. It's, a lot. It's, just, it's just a hobby of mine. So anyway, thanks a lot and take care, guys.